Welcome to Sold Out Sports Talk with your host, former pro football quarterback and president of the Sold Out Youth Foundation, Roman Gabriel III. Join us for up-close conversations with high-impact people dedicated to faith and family from the world of sports and entertainment. Remember, Sold Out relies on you, the listener, and your support in order to deliver this program. You can donate to the Sold Out Youth Foundation at soldouttv.com. Follow Roman on his Twitter and Facebook fan pages at Roman Gabriel III. Check out the Sold Out program at soldouttv.com along with its mission to impact America's youth by challenging students to be alcohol and drug abstinent and teaching valuable life skills and biblical principles of success. Today, Roman's guests on Sold Out Sports Talk are Hall of Fame place kicker Morton Anderson. If I was to ask you what you miss most about football, I would venture to say you're probably going to say the locker room exactly. and, the, and, the, and the guys. Right. And that's, that's, that's it. And WBC World Heavyweight Boxing Champ Deontay Wilder. Anything is possible. Nothing is ever out of reach. If you believe and trust in God, you know all things are possible. Trust and believe. Now, here's the host of Sold Out Sports Talk, Roman Gabriel III. Uh, Morton Anderson is with us. I'm not even going to waste any time. This guy's a Hall of Famer, got his gold coat on. He should. One of the great kickers of all time and one of the great people of all time. Uh, you know, Mort, uh, we saw each other the other day. We had a chance to play together in the Senior Bowl years ago in Mobile. Felt like yesterday, doesn't it? Oh, it just flew by, didn't it? It did. It did. I'll it's never crazy. Forget, yeah, I'll never forget meeting you because... I was so impressed that you could speak five languages, and yeah. I couldn't speak English very well, so there you go. I spoke German yesterday to a German <laughs> station. I spoke <laughs> Danish today to a Danish station, and I'm speaking English with you, wow. kind of. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, you know what uh, is really exciting is obviously you had an incredible career. Thank I knew you. you would because you, you too, man. coming you too. out of college, you were absolutely incredible. And, uh, you've got a great family now, and uh, yeah. you know, we were talking about this with Matt Stover, and he was talking about how you kind of go through periods of your life where you're looking to, uh, you know, make a name for yourself and looking to be obviously successful in business or whatever you do. But then you hit a certain age where you have a wife and kids and grandkids like mm -hmm. I do, and it becomes about significance and about uh, being a part of someone else's life and pouring into them because we're used to being selfish as football players. Yeah. I think my wife taught me to, to live a purposeful life, you know? Uh, so when you wake up every day, you have, you have a plan to, to make it count, not only for yourself, but for others, and live your life with passion and purpose. My grandmother taught me that, too. She was a midwife in wow. World War II. She was a midwife for 45 years. So she saw this miracle of birth every single day. And, um, you know, I, I was reminded through her and through her life and my wife's uh, as well to just wake up every morning, be thankful, and to live a life with purpose. Did you have any idea when you came out of Michigan State that, that this is where you'd end up with a gold jacket on? I was just trying to put left foot in front of right foot. That's right. You know, and I was just, uh, was out of my hands anyway. So, you know, just live a, live a, live a life um, understanding God's going to take care of it. And, um, you know, for me, it's just about the relationships and making memories, you know. It's not about stuff. Right. It's not about a gold jacket or a ring that's the size of an SUV or, <laughs> or a bronze bust. You know, it's about the experiences yeah. that, you, you, that you collect over the years with the people and the locker room. If I was to ask you what you miss most about football, I would venture to say you're probably going to say the locker room exactly. and, and, the, and the guys. Right. And that's, that's, that's it. 
you know, that's it. That's what's great about the game of football is uh, the relationships you make. Yes. High school, college, professional. Oh, you yeah. never forget them. They're always there. In fact, I just had my 40th high school reunion two years uh, that's ago. incredible, man. And you'd have thought that we would only been apart for a couple of days. Yeah, and the uh, concept of team and being part of something exactly. bigger than yourself and working like fingers in a glove. That's a powerful, powerful thing, man. You know, we, everybody in the National Football League have cha- has talent or willing to work or they wouldn't be there. As a kicker, you're going you're gonna to fail. It's just a given. You're not going to be 100%. If I was 80%, that means I failed two out of ten times. How do I deal with that distasteful situation? So for me, it was more about the will to go through those distasteful situations to get to the good ones. I understood it was just part of the process. Call it collateral damage, if you will. Yeah. But it was a learning experience for me. And so I think the, the lesson, or at least the takeaway for the young guy is to have patience, understand it's a marathon, understand you will have situations that are not going to be road, not going to be beautiful all the time, but to see beauty in the struggle too. Uh, who were who were a few of the, the guys you looked up to in the NFL that were kickers at that time that were guys that you said, you know what, I'd like to be like that guy? Stenerud was my guy. Kansas City. So graceful. Yeah. Uh, such a nice stroke on the ball. I mean, he was, uh, he was an amazing guy, and he made some big kicks too in bad weather. Yes. Played for the Chiefs, the Vikings, and the Green Bay Packers. He, he was one of the first, he was a pioneer, you know. He was one of the first soccer-style kickers. Changed the position. And I, you know, I've tried to emulate him and say, you know, if Jan Stenerud can change the position, maybe I can modernize it. Yeah. Maybe I can take it to the next level. So the next guy after me can, can, can stand on our shoulders and take it to the next yeah. level. That's the beauty of sport. There's always going to be records, and they're going to be broken. And, and, and that's the beauty of it. But as long as you're part of that process in a powerful way and with purpose, and you're setting the bar when you have a chance to set the bar, hey, you, you can put your head on the pillow at night, man, and sleep. How do you feel, how do you feel about uh, the game today with kickers? I mean, the, 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 oh, they're so good, Roman. They're so good. That's what I was going to say, the credible accuracy and then the, the extra point going back. I like that play. I like that rule change because if, if you miss one early, it forces – strategy into it and I might have to go chase it with a two-point conversion yes, yes. and I love the two-point conversion I think it's an exciting play just like the onside kick used to be an exciting play before they changed the rule we could overload we could do the big bounce get a tall receiver to play rebounding right, right. after we blew out the line you know now it's a non-play I don't right. like that rule change right what 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 do you think of the kickoff in terms of in terms of just it's, it's a really, non-play yeah, now, yeah. and so you may you may as well just take the kickoff out and start on the twenty-five. That, that's what I was thinking. Is is it just it just takes time? Take it out. I mean, how how do you think how do you think kickers are dealing with the difference in the game today as opposed to when you because you like you said I think you are a much more integral part of the game. Uh, than, yeah. than, than, than they are now, I think. I'm not the, not the <laughs> Well, I mean, a lot of game, games are being decided by point by three points, you know. Well, well with the, I guess what I was saying is is that the extra point, like you said, is much more difficult now, obviously, than, than before. Yes. How many extra points did you miss in your career? Ten. I knew you knew that. I was going to ask him that. Ten. I knew he'd know he'd tell me how many you missed. <laughs> no, no, no. Listen, he made a hundred yeah, million, true. but he remembers the ten that he missed. I know it. I know it. But, yeah, you know, more, one of the things that's, that's awesome about the NFL is the relationships that carry on forever. And, of course, you're in this, this incredible fraternity of the Hall of Fame. And, uh, it's humbling, man. Yeah, it's very, you know, it's and I was going to say that. I was going to say, 
you know, some of the guys that have, have, have started this league and oh. some of the guys that established this league. Um, and I remember when we, when we came into the league, uh, it was the golden age. I mean, the yeah. 70s, early 80s, uh, we came in at a great time. We did. We so, went through two strikes, Yeah, 82 and 87. Yeah. That was not fun. But, I mean, I just came from a Hall of Fame luncheon. There were 70 guys there wow. in gold jackets. And I'm, I'm listening to Jim Brown, and I see Freddie Belitnikoff, and wow. I'm looking at Dave Casper, and I'm looking at uh, Chris Carter and John Randall. And you can go on and on. I go, oh, my goodness, this is unbelievable. Well, my first These year, legends. my rookie year with the Raiders, you talk about Hall of Famers. It was, uh, you know, Ted, uh, uh, Gene Upshaw. Yeah. Uh, you had you had the, well the Raiders had a bunch. They, they had they had like the, Ted Hendricks. Everybody. Ted Hendricks yeah. was there. Yeah. Lester Hayes. Kenny Stabler. Kenny Stabler. Yeah. Uh, you know you just uh, they're everywhere. Belichick. Uh, they had they just had so many guys <laughs> yeah. that were yeah. they were you know were in that later part of the career and won so many championships. I mean, yeah. you talk about guys playing a long time. They played a long time when it was something to play a long time when you were a thirty-eight year old starting in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and that's the thing I love. I played for three decades, so I played for all three commissioners. Wow. Kenny Stabler was my locker mate in 82. Archie Manning was traded to Houston. His two sons did pretty good in the NFL, didn't yeah, they? I think you, they did all right. I saw both of those. They were catching my kicks. They were little <laughs> boys. Eli and Peyton were just little boys wow. catching my kicks when they took, came to work with Dad. Wow. I mean, it, and it's, now he's it's in the un- Hall of Fame yeah. with you. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Only in the NFL. We're talking about 361 guys, is that right? 318 guys in the Hall. 180 living. Wow. Yeah. Golly. That's a good one. Well, uh, you know, more. it's so great seeing you. It's been such good a long time. Good to see you, time. Roman, man. Thanks for having me on, no, buddy. You, I appreciate you bet. it. And, and tell me, before you go, what are, what are some of the goals, some of the things that you're doing now that you want to accomplish, some things that you're working on? Well, my family foundation, we're raising money for uh, quality of life programs for kids, uh, specifically Boys and Girls Club. Oh, great. That's a really important uh, club that catches these kids from school till their parents get home. A lot of those come from broken homes to single-parent family. And so we, we want to we tee it up. The greatest gift we can give the young generation is hope. Yeah. Hope. You're exactly right. Hope that they can also live their American dream. Give them an, an education so that it empowers them to do good work for themselves and for others. So I spent a lot of time in the nonprofit. I, st- I spent a lot of time with our military, our special ops soldiers and their families. And uh, I have a company as well that has a golf event uh, side to it. And uh, I do a lot of public speaking. So and I'm here on Radio Road today with Certified Angus Beef. Those oh, are my that, guys. Oh, yeah, okay. So, <coughs> so, yeah, right. so, so, so big, big game, out, big right? steaks, man. Yeah, Certified right, Angus Beef. So what beef. do they need to do to get a little of that? If you go on CertifiedAngusBeef.com, you can find my recipe and Evander Holyfield's recipe. We're here representing them on Radio Road the last two days. what's your recipe? Mine is a tenderloin, medium rare with bernays sauce, sauce oh, bernays. Wow. Oh, I love. Do you like uh, good, good steak? Do, do I, do yeah, I who like doesn't? A good steak or yeah, who me? doesn't? Right? Yeah, yeah. I learned a lot, man, from Chef Tony. Ch- Chef Tony works with yeah. uh, Certified Angus Beef. I thought you just would take the Certified Angus Beef, throw it on the grill, and then one. sear it. You sear it into the oven, internal temperature, bring it up to 130. Take the meat out, tent it with aluminum foil, let it rest, and then you cut into it. And you got a perfect steak. See, you I didn't that, know Wayne? that. Wayne's I didn't know that. Right here. He, he, Wayne knows. I didn't know that. I didn't know that, man. 
So yeah, we're we're proud of it. All the recipes are on certifiedangusbeef.com. Okay, so um, you and works, you you and the real deal. The real deal, man. He's he's doing a strip. Uh, his recipe is like a New York strip, and yeah. mine's a tenderloin. Yeah, well, let's so we've had he, a blast. He, some guys had to put the steak on their eye after he was done. Right? Oh my goodness, he was the best. Well, he could deliver. He, he could was deliver. the real deal. real deal, right? Oh yeah, he's great. Morton Anderson, sold out sports talk. And uh, appreciate it more. Oh, Great man. seeing you. Great seeing you, Roman. Oh, man. Appreciate awesome. you, man. Love you, brother. Morton yep. Anderson, right here for our first This is a best of edition of Sold Out Sports Talk with your host, Roman Gabriel III. In this segment, Roman talks with WBC World Heavyweight Boxing Champ Deontay Wilder. Visit soldouttv.com and consider donating to the Sold Out Youth Foundation. And follow Roman on his Twitter and Facebook fan pages at Roman Gabriel 3. Now, once again, here's Roman Gabriel the third. Deontay Wilder is the WBC champion, and boy, has he gotten it done. Knockouts in 97% of his fights. He's also a bronze medalist uh, in the Olympics, which is very rare, Beijing in 2008. So, Deontay, welcome to Sold Out Sports Talk. It's great to have you in. Uh, thank you for having me. It's, um, I'm very happy to be here. Now, I'm looking at you... I, a lot of heavyweight champs might be a little thicker, but you're you're lean and mean. I mean, uh, most uh, definitely. So lean, what's your weight? I'm lean and mean, slick and quick, agile, mobile and hostile, baby. <laughs> you know, my weight. I'm walking around probably about two thirty. So when you fight, is that? So when I when I fight, it, my my it, it, I got a my body is so strange. Right. You know, up and down all the time. My last fight was at um, two twenty eight. So I'm always round about up in 220, 220, uh, 7, 8, something like that. The highs of my career have been like 232. I think I ate a lot that month or something. So tell me, uh, obviously you represent your country, and, you know, anybody who medals in the Olympics is uh, – tell me about tell me about that experience and about what that was like for you. Oh, man, it was an amazing um, experience to represent your country. You know, especially – I could, you know, when people ask me about the Olympics – the first thing that come to mind is when we had to go down the tunnel, um, when people when we was being announced, the all the countries was being announced, and that that feeling was 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 unreal. You know, it's something that you can't put words on. You know, you've seen so many mixed emotions, uh, people's crying, people high fiving, you know, hugging each other. When they said U.S. of A, you know, it was it was. It was a wonderful feeling to represent the United States of America and walk out and see all your all the people's the, the other athletes besides you representing that country in different sports, man. Well, I'm excited for you because when you have that uh, platform of being an Olympic champion and a WBC heavyweight champion, I mean, uh, your platform to kids and opportunities that you get to impact people's lives. Um, tell me about um, how you do that and, and and maybe what your passion is in terms of of using the fame and the opportunity that you've worked so hard to get and how, how you make use of that. Well, definitely. You know, you definitely have not not only kids but adults as well, too, you know, this, that, that looks up to me. And I, I find out each and every day, you know, because I'm just a simple guy. Yeah. I, I, you know, I don't worry about who knows me and who don't. You know, I just go around. But it's so many people looks up, up, up to me. And um, it's almost you just I'm a very positive person. So my message is always to to kids or adults or anything, you know, to, to surround yourself by posit- positivity. Yes. You know, never allow negative to come into your life or yes. your surrounding, even with the people. You always, even when, if people come and speak negative, you correct them and you say you can and you will and stop saying I can't and I won't or, or right. it's too late and stuff like that. So I, you're I, a big believer in what comes out of your mouth comes true. 
power of the tongue. Yeah. You speak what you want. You, you can speak all things in existence, and I do believe you can speak whatever you want in existence to happen. It don't come when you want it, but I say God is an on-time God. He make things happen at the right time, and when it do happen, it's the right time. Deontay Wilder is our guest, uh, WBC champion, former Olympic bronze medalist. Uh, you mentioned something. Our, our network is called Faith, Family, and Sports, mm. and one of the reasons we created it was is that we heard from so many fans out there that obviously love sports. America, the number one thing that people spend money on is sports and entertainment. Mm -hmm. And a lot of parents that are involved in their kids' lives and athletics. So athletics is a central theme to Americans. Um, tell me about, uh, you mentioned the word God. What does faith, family, and sports mean to you? Uh, man, you know, all, all, all three of those things is how I live my life. Faith, family, and sport. You know, without the faith, you can't have a strong family. And even even with facing the uh, and with without family, the sports sometimes is is irrelevant because you know you have that so much big support from family, you know, to 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 keep you driven to to, um, to drive you to be great. With the faith yes. comes a strong family, and with the family comes uh, for you to perform in your sport. Because if it wasn't for my daughter, my sport wouldn't be relevant to me. I wouldn't show so much passion. As I do as a champion, I promised her when she was one years old, I looked in the eye and said, Daddy, going to be a world champion, and I'm going to be able to support you beyond your belief. But if it wasn't for that little girl, boxing would have never, I wouldn't have found so, boxing at so all. So tell me about where you're from. I'm from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Okay, so you're an Alabama guy. Okay. Yeah, most definitely. We had one of your people in here uh, about, uh, well, yesterday, you know, Caleb Castillo, former uh, Alabama Crimson yeah. Tide guy played for uh, Nick Saban and uh, Tony Nathan, who played for Nick Saban that's for the it. movie Woodlawn. There you go. Uh, so you, some of your some some of your Alabama, that's you, you know all about sports and the importance of sports. Now, did you grow up playing other sports? I did. I grew, I grew up playing everything: football, basketball, baseball, ran track. I tell people all the time: if I had time for soccer, I yeah. would have done that. So you're as a soccer well, too. guy too. <laughs> so you played those through high school? Yes, throughout throughout my years, um, growing up in. Um, just little leagues on up in high school. So, so are your parents in Alabama? Correct. Okay, so I got family all over. Oh, but yeah, but that's home. It's home. Okay, yes, so tell tell me about uh, your parents and about how uh, their influence impacted your career today. Well, you know, my mother and father are, are definitely two opposite sides of, uh, of of people. But you know, one thing about my parents that they always showed us love. Right. They always, you know. He showed us how to work hard at what we want, especially my father. You know, always show how to save your money, work hard, oh, yeah. you know, and um, be yourself. That's the main thing you say, be yourself. You know, if if, if you're a crowd around a, a hundred people and if something's not funny, don't laugh at it yeah. just because of who it is. Don't, don't laugh at it. You be your own person. He always stated that. And, you know, we may not have the best of the best of things, but we definitely was taught to love everyone you know no matter where they were who they were or where they was from you know to love everybody and and that was made it made us strong made us who we are um, Deontay today. Wilder's WBC heavyweight champion and uh, uh one of the things that I see in boxing is you know you can't just be a great fighter it takes being a great promoter being an entertainer in some fashion being able to get people to come out to your fights Most definitely. but what's interesting is is that's kind of a persona i see a real unique and i see a very sincere young man in front of me but uh, when you put on that face for the boxing, you got to be able to do a little acting. It's a little soap opera, right? Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. Well, you know, you, you got to be able to promote. Like yeah. you said, you got to be able to have a mouthpiece to be able to promote a fight, um, to get people hyped up, to get them to believe in you. You know, if, if just say if me and you was about to brawl and, and you're in my face and you're, you're, you're talking things, 
first you done got everybody attention. Now people want to crowd around and right. see what's going on. Now, if you're passionate about what you say, if you feel what you say inside, now what you just done, you got everybody else believing that you were able to do what you said you're gonna do to me. Now you got people on your side, even though I'm the champ of the world, now they're gonna doubt me because they you your 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 talk is much stronger than mine's and now they believe it. So it's very it's very powerful and strong to to be able to promote and brand yourself. When you won the heavyweight championship on January fifteenth, two thousand fifteen, this is pretty cool. The birthday of Muhammad Ali mm. and Martin Luther King. Wow. Yes. yes. That yes. is so cool. Uh man, you know, and uh, Muhammad Ali. When did you find that out? Well, you know, it was told it was told to yeah. me, um, um, especially on Muhammad Ali. You know, that's Muhammad Ali right. birthday. And, you know, Martin Luther King birthday actually is, uh, I think, the 15th, either 15th or 16th, yeah. but it's still up in that same time Well, who did you frame. look up to in uh, boxing world? Who was uh, your uh, Muhammad Ali was my Muhammad all-time Ali. favorite. All-time favorite. That's why time. it was so, it, that was, that's And you're why. so young. That's amazing because when his career was around, how old are you? I'm 30. Okay, so so you were real, real young at yes. the end of his career. Yes. Now, I grew up in his prime watching him when I, he was... When he came out of prison uh, uh, from the military and mm. came back to fight Frazier, uh, the, uh, the, the, the first time for pay-per-view was, I believe, 1976. I was a sophomore in high school. Wow. And they people packed out theaters to come watch wow. Frazier and Ali fight that first fight. And that was my recollection growing up. The heavyweight championship was, was unified, and it was a big deal, and booming, you watched though. it all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, with Frazier, Norton. You know, all these great fighters. So why is it important for you to see this unified? Because now you have, like you said, the IBF, the WBO. Uh, you know, it, it's splintered so much. How hard can it be? Lennox Lewis did it last time, and, and can it happen is what I'm saying for you. It's, it's, it's definitely, it definitely can happen, and uh, you're correct. Lennox Lewis was the last one to do it. That was 1999. Um, it definitely can happen, and I think it's in arm reach now as well, too. You know, it just dividing these belts up so much and you know i think whoever become the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world that's when that real true stardom um happens for them and what other person to have is deontay wilder and being an american you know everybody loves an american champion and um i think that i'm i've already brought the excitement back in heavyweight boxing with just my knockouts alone and um, just imagine being the undisputed heavyweight champion, having all the belts. Well, there's one thing you got going for you, Dante. You know, one thing about boxing is people love to see the knockout. Definitely. They love the big hitter. And uh, that's what I used to love is, you you know, that danger of, man, on one shot, somebody mm-hmm. can catch you. That's it. And uh, you've got that power. It looks like, you you know, your body, you've got the perfect body to do what you're doing. It's like God made you for boxing. Oh, most definitely. It was a calling for me. Definitely a calling for me. And, um and, and power is, you, you're born with it. Either you have it or you don't. Right. In the heavyweight division, you don't have to have no skill. Because when you have that eraser, that power, no one's safe in the ring. You know, until the, until the end, to the 12th round and the, and, the, and, the, and the clock says zero. I work with young people all the time in junior highs and high schools. And one of the things that they tell me, and every time I speak to them, is, is they tell me that they have dreams and goals. They tell me that they have things they want to accomplish in their life. And then we ask them the real question. What are you willing to do to do it? What are you willing to do to get it? What are you willing to sacrifice for what you want? Um, look in that camera for me and tell our students out there that we work with, what is, why is it important, number one, to have a dream and a goal? And then number two, what do you have to do to get it? Well, for all the students that's going to be looking and listening, you know, it's very important to have a goal and a dream to establish that. Having a goal and a dream is something that gives you guidance in life. So when you when you pass high school, when you when you're out of college, you should already have that goal and dream already uh, 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 
being able to establish that and look forward. So when you get into the real world, which I mean, once you pass whether high school or whether you go to college, after that you should apply everything that you want to set forth to your goal and dream. Anything is possible. Nothing is ever out of reach. If you believe and trust in God, you know all things are possible. Trust and believe. Surround yourself by positive people, people that are saying you can and you will and not I won't and I can't because you don't want to hit it. If you, if you surround yourself by negativity, then you will become negative. But if you surround yourself by positive thinking, positive people, you will be a positive person. And once you be a positive person, all your goals and dreams will come to and you never know who's looking up to you. So give it your all, give it your best. Never settle yourself for for, for less. Always feel that it's, it's something higher I can do or accomplish. And once you set that goal and dream and you get you, you find yourself accomplishing that, I promise you it's going to be the greatest feeling in the world. And once you accomplish one, you're going to have two and three more things that you want to do. And it should be a never-ending thing until you say, hey, I'm good. My life is great. I can settle down. I can live life, and I'm happy. Whatever makes you guys happy. I think I'm ready to go out and get after that. After that. You're a motivational speaker. We need to get you on the air all the time. Deontay Wilder is the WBC champion and uh, looking very soon to try to unify and become the only heavyweight champion of the world. But, uh, Deontay, thanks for stopping by Sold Out Sports Talk. I appreciate your words. and. Uh, Nothing but the best uh, as you go forward, and uh, thank you for uh, your appreciation for where you're at and what you can do for others. Thank you very much uh, for coming anytime. in. Thank you guys for having me. You've been listening to Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. Our podcasts are available at AFR.net. You can follow Roman on his official website, soldouttv.com, and on Facebook at Roman Gabriel III. We'll catch you next time on Sold Out Sports Talk, your source for faith, family, and sports.